everybody. Welcome back to Wrestling with the Future. We have an amazing, amazing guest tonight. I'm your host, Psychic Medium Angelo, joined as always by the guru who knew, the Encyclopedia Britannica of Pro Wrestling, Jeff the Ref Robinson. Jeff, how are you, my friend? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing tonight, Angelo? I'm wonderful, Jeff. There's a very pretty lady joining us tonight. Have you yes, noticed sir. that? Oh, well, I would love to introduce her. She is the one, the only, the perfect 10, the very lovely Miss Nicola Roberts herself, the one and only baby doll. How are you doing tonight? Uh, very well, thank you. All right. It is a pleasure to have you coming on here tonight. And uh, I, as I was saying before we uh, took to the air, huge fan of yours um, from back in the Crockett days. You were probably a part of my very early fandom. I started watching it in 1985. And to say that I know your career would probably, I, I mean, I watched you uh, on the old world class when you were on Andre the Lady Giant coming in with Gino Hernandez. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, I cried the day that you turned on Dusty. I thought that my world had been ended and you know, my, my, little, my little nine-year-old heart was about to just erupt into a thousand pieces because my baby doll had just turned on on all of us and i couldn't believe it and uh i mean which uh, we're gonna touch on a lot of these stories tonight but i mean that's just let me put you over really quick if i can you know what i mean so uh <laughs> like you need to put her over i, I mean <laughs> so much for for the memories you know what i mean that you know and and i will say this it says a lot about her that fans still remember this lady 40 years later. Well, and let's be honest about it. Nicola Roberts uh, was a trailblazer and a trendsetter and uh, and created a, a model for females in the business that, uh, that we still see today. You know, when you're talking about... See, I always refer to Nicola as the original Glamazon. You know, the big, beautiful woman. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, Nicola, you know, Jeff mentioned, you know, Andrea the Giant. And there's always been some speculation whether that was a tribute to Andre or a rib on him. So fill me in. What was the deal? I, gosh, I, I never thought it was a rib. I thought it was kind of disrespectful in a way because, I mean, there was no one else but Andre. And then to kind of take a gimmick girl situation was just, I didn't like it. And if you notice, I very seldom called myself Andrea. I, I called myself Nicola as much as I could. And it mm -hmm. so yeah. much rather, because Nicola's very unique, you know, and especially like being big and strong. And there wasn't another Nicola, but there was another Andre. So they could have gone a different way, I think, with that. But. Yeah. And it was a short little gig, and it was from like um, Labor Day to Christmas Day in '84. So that's what November, October, November, like three months, four months, you know. Sure. And got over, and um, I learned a lot because I worked a lot with Jake and with Chris. Tina um, was rather standoffish, but I learned so much during that time. I worked with like the best heels ever. So, and it was just some of those long road trips to just sit back and listen, and especially with James. Yeah. You know, I was very fortunate. I was, I was always seemed to be at the right place at the right time. 
you know, timing is, is everything. You know, and your timing in this business couldn't have been more perfect. Uh, I want people to know that uh, Nicola Roberts' career began at birth, really. I mean, when you have, uh, you know, Lorraine Johnson as your mom and Nick Roberts as your father, you pretty much don't even have a choice. You know, I know you had aspirations to be a nurse and work in the medical profession. And I know that you actually did go to school for nursing. Well, it was for EMT. I didn't actually go up to Colorado and do super school. And that part of the journey of that, we got your EMT to a paramedic. And then you actually got uh, hired on as ski resort as like your ski patrol and rescue people. And that was one of the career aspirations I had. But I heard about the deal with Gino and made the phone call and, and just gave him the right idea at the right time. And they liked it. Nicholas, it's kind of true that everybody, all the females, I should say, they all wanted to, they all had a crush on Gino. They all wanted to get with him. Were you one of those, like, Gino groupies? Oh, I wouldn't say group. I would not say group. Huge crush on him, but that was, I mean, he was a lot older than I was. And then he worked with my dad, and there was no way that someone like myself, you know what I'm saying? There was, Gina was with girls like Tara Fawcett, Nicola Roberts, even though she had, like, the schoolgirl crush, never, never had a chance. I knew I never had a chance. Are you trying to tell me that you didn't compare to Farrah Fawcett? I, I would I would beg to differ on that one, but still. Uh, <laughs> um, I, was, I was young. I was like 20, 21, 22 maybe. And, you know, Farrah's got money and she's a Hollywood celebrity. And I was a promoter's daughter from Lubbock, Texas. And it was just. Well, Fair was, enough. I didn't have much to offer. So. But then she didn't have to Nicola, I, I would like to ask you to do me a big favor and uh, and lower your camera just a little bit. I want to see more of your face. There you go. Perfect. There you go. That's beautiful. Go ahead, Jeff. Okay. Um, I was actually going to ask you, when you were with, with Gino, you said he was kind of standoffish, but you learned so much from him. Now, I heard you tell a tale that I would like to hear you tell on here that you really were not even smartened up to the business until the first day you came into world class. Oh, yeah, that is actually the gospel truth. Um, back in the day, they say that was gospel. There was nothing else uh, that was more sacred in the business than they say once you were smartened up, no, you start no one else up. Even if you wanted to, it was just, you just it was a, it was a privilege to be a part of the KK. And uh, my parents, because they would be talking business, and my brother and I would come through the room, or they'd be talking to someone, they'd say KK, and it was just like conversation would take a complete 180. And we always wondered who KK was. We thought it was a little kid, and we wanted to go play with KK. But um, it wasn't until my dressing room and San Antonio, the Del Harry Coliseum, that it was, it, it was uh, Mike Von Eric, you know, I think, maybe Gary Hart, 
um, just the purpose of the effort and, and uh, myself gave me the finish. And I had been like in seven different spots, you know, where it was just critical I was there at the right place at the right time and did the right thing. And, um, they, when they were leaving, they said, Do you have it? Do you have you know this to me too? And I was like, Yeah, stand up tall and look up. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea. It was like, oh my God, that's how they did it. And that is how I touched Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, we heard that that particularly around, you know, in the Dallas booking office, you know, we talked about on the show before, talked about Gary Hart. Uh, we talked about a lot about Fritz uh, and and his, you know, shortcomings and or genius, depending on how you look at it. Um, but kayfabe, particularly down south, was really, really enforced. Was there ever any punishment for breaking kayfabe? Were you guys ever reprimanded? That part of it, I was very fortunate to be like a girl because I was kind of off to myself. I don't know if there was any directly men, but I'm sure that you were like full to the side by where the older guys and told that's not how we do it. Yeah. But by the time you actually were smartened up, you knew. It was like mafia. Yeah. Because you just know that you didn't break the code otherwise they would talk to them. Kind of Go ahead, Jeff. Um now I was gonna ask you now you had the, it was a very it was a short run that you had there in Texas. Did you have any interactions with the Von Eric brothers at all? I mean that's any might have been like a high school, a, a senior in high school, whenever we really started going to the gym series, because Terry Terry actually showed me how to throw the discus better, and I broke my school record whenever I was a senior in high school for discus. And then we went to the gym all the time, and one of my favorite things to do is play racquetball. I love to play racquetball. Well, they try and play me because I practice all the time. I was pretty good at it. And even to this day, Kevin Von Eric couldn't get over that. I beat them all the time. Now, when you were down there um, in, uh, in world class, and maybe even for your dad, um, did you ever have any inter interactions with Ric Flair when he was the in, you know touring as the NWA World Champ prior to Crockett? I picked him up. That was kind of one of the beautiful parts of my dad promoting was like the guys would fly in and someone would have to go to the airport with bubbles. I would have already been in the ticket office like all day, so it was a nice break for me to get out and run to the airport, go get him and bring him back. And dad knew that that's all I would do if I go there and come back and be better. <laughs> so I got to pick up like Andre a couple of times, picked up Flair several times, Blackjack Mulligan, whoever was flying in, I got to go pick up. 
Now, the binaries were strange because if you didn't pick them up on time, if you were late, they would get to the bar, and then it would be like an hour or two before you could get out of the bar. Nicola, who, who taught you the most at, in your your time in uh, in the Texas territories? Because there was a time, I don't, I'm guessing it was about a two or three year run in Texas, somewhere around there. But you only four years. You only have about five months of world class. Oh, four. I'm five months. Okay. But you worked. Well, I'm. I don't know for sure, but you did work for your dad for a while. Well, see, my dad had a promotion from like 1962 to probably 1984, 85, something like that. Right. Um, we ran every Wednesday night at Fair Park. And I grew up, you know, like watching the promotion. I'd sell tickets. I'd sell programs. Um, see people, because we had like a sign seat for ringside. Uh, general mission was like the, either like our spot show, it was a fourth row back. Right. We had like really cool bleacher section up at Fair Park. Um, but my brother and I, we did everything from the from the time that we could count and pick up chairs, we went to work. That was part of being a part yeah. of And that's how you, you, you made your dues. You, you paid your way through that way, working it. And was there one one person who who really kind of took to you and, and said, you know, try something this way or try something this, perhaps this way? The one person I learned the most from was probably Jake. Jake, Jake actually held the door open for me going into the TV studio uh, Friday morning. And we were doing promos, and then we did the sportatorium that night. And then um, Saturday was uh, Saturday was like San Antonio, like one of the big towns, and Monday was Fort Worth. So Friday morning, he Jake actually opened up for the TV studio company. And we went in and we did promos. But right. Because um, he had been in the business long enough where he knew a lot. And, and we just took together, we we just clicked like the, he, he liked talking about different stuff and having someone like actually listen to him. And that was, I, I learned a lot from Jake during that time. I, I really wow. Did. And so, you know, Chris Adams, um, they were in there, and they, I listened a lot to Bronco Lubick, and also just with the Bonaires, they were my friends, too, they helped me a lot. So, a lot of the guys, it was, it was a real cool situation. Yeah. Well, now, Nicola, I, I know Jeff has a couple questions for you regarding wrestling at the Sportatorium. Go ahead, Jeff. Uh, well, actually, yeah, how hot would that crowd get compared to, we'll just say, uh, the, you know, maybe, you know, the Spartanburg Arena and, and for Crockett? I mean, how hot was that sportatorium as far as the crowd? Well, it, 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 there was no other place like the sportatorium. I mean, the building was just, it was perfect for wrestling. 
It was kind of like one of those buildings that you pull up to it. Can't hear. God no, I can't hear nothing. Yeah. Can you hear? No, I can't hear. Wait, Nicola, we can't hear you, dear. Can't hear it all. Can you hear? We can't hear you. Can't hear you. Yeah. Can't hear. We're experiencing technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah. Um, may have to have her call in. Well, hold on. Let's, let's give Nicola a chance to. Oh. There you go. There you go. The thing flashed up and it said microphone muted and I hit it and then it did this. So it's working. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, now we can hear you crystal clear. I love the glasses. Yeah. I, play. I know, right? I can't. Yeah, we were starting to panic. <laughs> Go ahead, Jeff. It's set up. Sorry. Well, I, I'll get back because we missed it totally. I, I hate to have that have you repeat yourself, but I missed it totally what you had said about the sportatorium there, <laughs> and, and you know just the atmosphere of it. Well, I I, I heard that the Nicholas said, um, and I'll just recap for everybody watching the show. Uh, it was a perfect building for wrestling, no other place like it, and we've heard that. We heard that the that the sportatorium was actually built for wrestling. I can believe that. I I don't know for sure, but it that makes sense. It was like Fair Park was like that where my dad's show was because it had, you know, like the cement bleachers. It had like three sides of bleachers. You had the whole open back area where like if the guys wanted to just get up and brawl, you could like brawl all the way to the back. Yeah. It had separate heel and baby face dressing rooms. It was just perfect. So... Between the sportatorium, it was perfect. There was, um, it, it, it's been speculated, and you would probably know better than anybody since you were there. We we were told, and I don't know how true it is, so I'm just going to let, I'm going to let you answer this. We were told that the ring at the sportatorium was actually cemented in place. Is that true? I'm not sure. That makes sense. Either cemented in or bolted to the floor. Wow. Yeah, we've heard that. Was that true, Jeff? I, I, I've heard and that. You know I've heard that numerous times that it was cemented in there that they that they could not move. Like if they yeah. wanted to, if they wanted to do a concert there, they just took the ropes off and then they just had the people go there and yeah. perform in the That's rain. Funny. Um, makes sense. I mean, can you imagine Elvis the Pelvis up there shaking his hips in 1974 in a wrestling yeah. ring? That's kind of funny. But that is. Now I, I got a I, and last question there about uh, about your time. I, I mean, um, they're world class. But was how bad was the heat for you as a female heel? How bad was that heat? Did the did anybody ever try to like stab you or were, did they throw things on you? I mean, how bad did it get? 
it wasn't so bad in like Dallas because it was it was a different heat because when you look at like the Von Erics and and Freebirds, how many times the Freebirds got heat, got you know just got beat every single night, but they still had the heat. Texas heat was different because they actually believed it. Mm-hmm. And because exactly. I was like a big badass woman, they were kind of halfway afraid to begin with. So <laughs> I, I kind of had my gimmick already built in. Well, you know, you of, on the subject of heat, let's talk about Fritz von Erich and Gary Hart. Uh, we were told, and again, secondhand, you know, not not having been there at all, that as brilliant as Gary Hart was. And as stubborn as Fritz von Erich could be, they were immensely successful together. But we also heard that they often butted heads. There was a lot of friction there. What was the dynamic between Fritz and Gary? To tell you the truth, I've never heard that they had. See, you have to understand, I was really sheltered during that time. I mean, if I wasn't even smart until my very first match, then. I certainly wouldn't have known about Gary. <laughs> I mean, everybody, everybody liked Gary, so I can't see anybody yeah. say anything bad about him to begin with. And Fritz had the reputation that nobody liked him, so if you have someone <laughs> that nobody likes with somebody that everybody likes, yeah, there's probably going to be some friction there. But Gary was just Gary was a, a delight to be around. He he yeah. ate at my house a couple of times. He was a really cool guy. I got to put over your post uh, real quick. Were the, were the Von Eric boys, were they, uh, were they spoiled? Ooh. I wouldn't, I really wouldn't put it that way. Their dad worked really hard for the money that they did have because they, they literally came from nothing um, to, and then had the nice ranch and everything. So they, they Fritz didn't give them anything. They okay. earned every every bit of whatever they had. Believe me, they earned it. I mean, Fritz, in yeah. one way or another, wasn't going to give those boys anything. Now, he made it to where the boys succeeded. Above all else, his, there was no one going to be better than his boys. Yeah. And back then, I, I guess you really have to know the situation. Right. And how much Fritz just absolutely adored his family. He yeah. wanted nothing but the best from his family, and nothing was going to stand in the way of that. So, not knowing the repercussions of the medications and and everything that they were delving yeah. in, Fritz just wanted the absolute best. Mm-hmm. And it, did, it did that end up hurting him? Went too far. Did did that end up hurting him in the end? Uh, oh yeah, say, yeah, because he lost boys. everything. Only one of the boys is still alive. But yeah, when you yeah. love something so much and you can give them so much and have so much discipline and everything was going to yeah. be right and true and perfect. When you look at those boys, they were they were gods at the time. I mean, everybody yeah. loved them. and, oh, and sure. have that success at that much time. You know, like the uh, world class. You know, like their operation was actually worldwide before anybody else went worldwide. Yeah, uh, and we, you know, Jeff actually has a little uh, insight into this, but we heard they were huge in Israel for some yeah. odd reason. They Kevin were huge in Israel went, because uh, of... Kevin uh, just went back not too short, not too long ago. They were huge in, it, it was amazing, yes. 
They they were huge in Israel because of the CBN, the Christian Broadcast Network. Oh, right? okay. That that they that that and as crazy as that was, CBN was the first to put world class on on a cable national level that made them hit worldwide and get out there worldwide and have that success. Yeah. So, now, yeah. Nick, I have so, a question. Oh, yes, I have a question real quick. If I remember right, with the CBN, it was one of those deals because Fritz was really Christian orientated in the yeah. Dallas Fort Worth area. And yeah, he just yeah. one of those times that made the phone call of like, well, why not? You know, why not reach out to them? Because I'm already supporting, you know, it, it just hand in hand in one of those phone calls that why, yeah. why not? And it worked. It, it did. You know, I, I, go ahead, Jeff. Well, I was going to just say, I, I've already shared a story once before, but I actually did have the the chance because my mom worked. Oh, yeah. You have a personal story. Listen to this one, Nicola. And okay. I, and my mom worked at CBN at the time. I was only in the sixth grade, so I was only 12 years old. And I was able to sit in on a private filming of them on the 700 Club. And I about lost my shit. When they come out, you know, and I'm told, okay, you guys sit there and be still. And I'm the only one there besides production crew. And I'm going, oh, my God. It's about, I mean, I'm like, ah, you know, but <laughs> in the meantime, I'm like, ah, you know, it was amazing. It was awesome. And I got to meet Fritz, Doris, uh, Kevin, Carrie, and Chris. So wow. they, they were all still alive. And they, I mean. You're right. The religion was very, the Christianity religion was part of, of who they were. So that is, and then, um, anyway, go ahead. What were you going to, you had a question at the end, so. Yeah. So, Nicola, I was going to ask you, what led to you uh, leaving and teaming up with uh, Tully Blanchard? How did the uh, the Tully connection come? Well, it, it worked out with, um, I had actually come in because at the time, Sunshine, had had some addiction problems, and they had sent her to rehab. So while she was at rehab, they brought in Stella Mae French, mm -hmm. her truck driving aunt. Well, they couldn't have Gino hitting a, a girl. Not, not, you know, that was still taboo at the time that the girls worked against girls and the guys yeah. worked against guys. There was a definite line. And so they brought me in to work against Stella so that... Gino didn't have to mess with her anymore. He he paid someone to come in and beat her up. Is was basically my deal. Right. So, so whenever uh, Valerie, whenever Sunshine came back at the Cotton Bowl and she flew in on the helicopter and she lost a little bit of weight and you could tell that rehab had done a, a world of good for her. And we did like maybe a month and a half after that. And that was it. I mean, they were going to go with Sunshine and go in a different direction. They didn't need Stella and myself anymore. Right. So we had the Christmas Day and the day after in Miami and Tampa. And th that was the last two days that I had. And so I happened to know Michael Hayes from working world class. So he was in the he was uh, booking there in Florida. And whenever I landed, I got like this ridiculous bottle of Jack Daniels and went to go talk to him and was um, kind of gave him the spill like, hey, how about me? You know, do you need a girl? I've been working for a while. I work really well as a heel and maybe you could use me. Well, he was getting ready to close down Florida at the time, but he said Dusty was getting and he said, quote, unquote, <laughs> and I'll never forget it. 
He's getting ready to blow the Mid-Atlantic up. He said, that's where you want to go. He said, you know him. And I knew Dusty from working with my dad. So it was like, no, I'll, I'll go, I'll go. So whenever I went to go talk to Dusty, uh, Tully was standing right there. And I gave him the deal of, you know, like this was my last two shots. Um, were they looking for someone? And unbeknownst to me, they actually were looking for a girl. And, ah, okay. And Tully said that they were actually looking for Sunshine, but they couldn't find her because, thank God, she was at rehab and nobody knew where she was. But I, I didn't know it at the time, so I was like, well, how about me? And so I was going to have my match with Stella. And when I walked out to the ring, I remember seeing, like, Dusty was standing outside of his dressing room door. And Tully was standing outside of his dressing room door. So whenever I had my match... And I got done, I turned around and I was thinking, like, if they're still there, I've got a spot. If they're still right. there, I, in my mind, I've kept them watching me long enough that maybe, 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 maybe I had the shot. But if they weren't standing there, then I didn't have it. So it was just yeah. like, so I, like, turned around real slow, and they were both standing there. So I was like, all right. <laughs> like, I think with my heart, I had it because they been out there eight ten minutes long enough for me to you know so they were wanting me like the end of february like build it up because they just did the contest like build it up build it up i was like yeah, yeah end of february would be fine then it got to be the first of february <coughs> then it was like when can you be here and it turned out to be like mid-january so it was really cool it well go ahead jeff no, I, well, um, that, that that took you up to what nineteen eighty five is when you came in for Crockett uh, with Tully. Right, January of eighty five. Yeah, because they were they were running, they were the gimmick that they were running at the time was you know Tully was looking for his perfect ten, and then when right. they what they did was and I'll never forget this one either is when they introduced Baby Doll, it was to the Motley Crews Girls Girls Girls, and no, she was leather clad and on. Oh a no no, cat. it was uh. Looks at no. kill. Oh, that's it. Looks at yeah. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Looks at kill. But I still remember. I still remember the video. Private jet limo. You getting in there. About right. oh, amazing. And, and little did I know though that I was gonna hate you like I did and wanna you know call you bad names. I think I, I uttered the word bitch at my TV and maybe <laughs> got it, you know, a couple good times. But uh, hey, it just means that you were doing your job. You know for exactly. <laughs> So, I mean, I, 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 you know, I'll never forget my my grandfather. He definitely called you a, a couple of disparaging names there when you were running with Tully. But uh, <laughs> well, to the, this lovely lady, are you kidding me? Please, I mean, I, 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 I couldn't believe that my grandpa had such language that he could utter coming out of his mouth at the time. But uh, <laughs> it, you know, now I'll say this: you were with Tully. And you were you got some tremendous heat. Now I have to ask you, because I'm from up here. Do you have any good memories of the Norfolk Scope? Oh wow, um, we did a lot of pictures. Any of the backgrounds that were white, any yep. of the uh, publicity pictures, those were ours. Uh, scope was good. It was um, it was if you got like Norfolk on Thursday and then Richmond on Friday, it was good. Cause that meant that like Friday morning you could sleep in cause you're only like 80 <laughs> miles. Yep. Yeah. They, uh, 
I would we would normally get you guys there on Saturday, Friday or Saturday when they really picked up hot in '86. Is that you know that because it, they right. were a 10,000 seat arena. So and Magnum, Magnum being from the area, all they had to do is plug him into any you know whether it was main or semi main, and they were guaranteed to sell that place out. So oh yeah, that yeah. Was, Richmond was good. Norfolk was good. Um, I remember a couple of times we had NASCAR in at the same time we did. We, I was lucky enough to be one of those that I, I always made reservations. And there, some of the guys were like, oh, they'll hold us rooms. They'll hold us rooms. Well, yeah. the couple of times that NASCAR was there, they didn't have rooms. So it was oh, wow. uh, yeah, I got a room. <laughs> what was the road schedule like back in, in the day? Oh, my gosh. The, the first year that I worked for Tolly or with Tolly, uh, we had 15 days off the whole year. Oh my God! Like no weekends, no holidays. That was every every single day. I had like a well, like a white notebook that I had like all my payouts and who we worked with. And one one year, I was it was about eight years after I'd been out of the business. I was like going through stuff, and I yeah. counted up the days because I was like every day was something. Yeah, fifteen days out of the whole year. And this would be around what eighty five, eighty six, somewhere around yeah, there. The first year that I worked with Tully was eighty five. Eighty six was Dusty and Flair, and then we went to Kansas City in eighty six. Wow! I, I got a quick question for you. Starcade eighty five is one of the event that everybody does remember you for because of the guy quit with Tully and Magnum, right? Billy Jack Haynes has recently come out. <laughs> And had a couple of comments about you. I know where he's going with this. Go ahead, Jeff. You, do you mind me asking? If you don't, no, you're if you don't, fine. Okay. Go ahead. Go for it. He said you basically were like, "Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! I got you know like a ten thousand dollar payoff for for Starcade '85," and we're like bragging about your pay. Uh, you know, and like, oh my. Yeah, I, Personally, I didn't buy it. I, I was thinking bullshit because the man comes across that have batshit crazy anyway. So, <laughs> what do you have to say about that, baby? I mean, just go ahead and say it. Well, number one, I knew enough that, yeah, and, and for me, I made at least half of what Tully did and sometimes a little bit less. Okay. So, even, I'm not saying I didn't make a 10 grand payoff, but I really don't think I did. You know right. what I'm saying? Because I was on the card. <coughs> like when you look at all the payoffs, you had Flair on there, you had Dusty on there. They were meant to main event above us. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of matches above us. Um, out of the whole card, there was only like with uh, Flair and Dusty, and probably um, the I Quit match with Tully and myself are like the two main matches. Out of that, that we all remember. Now, who did Billy Jack Haynes work with? He was in the six man. So you've got six guys getting a payoff. There was only three people in our match. True. Right? So that there's less. Um, you also look at the stipulation of like everything that had built up to that match because Magnum and, and Tully had been working on the angle since like after the batch, which was. In, in July, so mm -hmm. the first part of August, I think that they started putting together the the Starcade thing with the angle between Magnum and Tully. So, because right. the the policeman gimmick where you're like, I had handcuffed Magnum, and then Magnum came back and handcuffed me. We'd done the roll of quarters, 
you know, where I came down in the policeman outfit. We did the deal where Magnum kissed me and we did the big slap and then they were beating the crap out of each other. So we had August, September, October, three and a half months. Mm-hmm. Literally beat the crap. There, there was a lot put into that. So, yeah, we probably did get yeah. a little bit more. And then right. I don't remember telling anybody. I mean, Tully knew what I made. Right. If I'm not even, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not even sure that Billy Jack was there on that same show. No, he was in the, he was in the six man, Jeff. Yeah, he was in a six man with uh, Wahoo against the Russians, I think. No, it was against Ole and, um, it wasn't hard. It was Ole and, it didn't make, it was, it made no sense. He was the tag match. It was. I, no, I was saying, I was thinking that you guys may have been in two different locations. I was thinking they were down in Atlanta and you guys were in Carolina because I know that was when they did the split uh, Starcade. See, I, I don't think that, I don't know if they would have lumped it together and did a payoff or if like Atlanta got their own payoff and then Greenville. And I know that Flair took a percentage plus that Booker took a percentage. So Right. Bottom line is, you know, I knew one thing being a girl that I kept my mouth shut. I I would have never. That's what I was going to say is bottom line is that you would never have discussed your payoff anyway with any of the boys other than Tully. Right. Bullshit on what Billy Jack has claimed. Yeah. Well, Nicola, I have a question for you Uh, in that in that same line. uh, We had it. In fact, this week, in fact, we had. Two real legends in the business. We had, uh, you know, uh, your friend Boogie was with us on Tuesday, okay. uh, and uh, and uh, and we also had uh, Cowboy Scott Casey with us. And I asked him about the pay structure, uh, and and both of them were paid on the house. Now with Crockett, because it was a larger corporation than working the individual territories. Uh, even though it was considered the Mid-Atlantic Territory, did Crockett pay a percentage of the house and the salary? Uh, or how did the pay structure work? Barely. Barely. I don't know if you took like the cloud count or the percentage or where you were on the on the card. A lot, ah, of, the okay. guys, a lot of the guys had their own books and they would know, okay, that we did 2,000 people or 8,000 people and I was third on the card and they would know that. I knew that I was making crazy amounts of money. I was having a really good time doing this. It wasn't like a lot of the guys had it as a career. That's what they were going to do. I mean, I was a girl. I was I was lucky to be on the booking sheet every week, you know. So my situation was a lot more tentative. I knew yeah. that I was gone. Well, some of the guys that was that was all they were going to do all their life. I had other things I wanted to do. Right. Well, Go ahead, Jeff. I got a question for you now, Nicola. You it let you guys. After you were with, or when you were with Tully, it led to one of my favorite angles that I, I mean, I still remembered from the time of being a kid to when 
YouTube was invented, I was looking for it. And then I finally, you know, then tape trading and all that good stuff, I was able to get my hands on it. But it was the night that Telly smacked you. And Dusty comes in and runs in and doesn't save. What was that Dusty's genius of an angle? I mean, or who came up with that, first of all? And how, I mean, how, what was it like for you? I mean, to know that all of a sudden now you're going to be with, with the top baby face in the company. It was a lot to take in. Like leaving Holly and I were such a big fit together. And then to leave that and then to, to know that it would be a split, done, not going back. If you did have to, they were actually going to, but what I remember, they were going to put me with Buddy Landell. But oh. I saw that he was going to work the angle with Flair. And he kind of went on some sort of binge and was gone for like three weeks. And nobody knew where he was. So that kind of, Dusty had to do something. Because Kelly and I were so hot, especially after the um, I quit back. What else was there to do with us? Turn one of us baby things. And it made more sense to be, to go with me, and it just worked. Oh, yeah, it did. It, I mean, because Dusty goes in, he does a tackle, and then he, he I got to do something for you. He gave an infamous. He, he, I was like Ray. he wanted that King Kong, Bay Ray type look. Yeah. yeah. And then Dusty yeah. cut an infamous promo for, for uh, on TBS. He goes, Listen here, Mama. Mama Rose, she called me up the other day and she said, Listen here, you've been going around and you've been calling my baby by a Jezebel. And I said, Mama Rose, you got to understand, there's a good Jezebel oh, on that yeah. Jezebel. And let me tell you, that's a good Jezebel right there. Oh, you're killing me, yeah. <laughs> Did I do good? Yeah. I think you popped baby doll. <laughs> Nick, I got a question for you. You mentioned earlier that the women were with the women, the, the men were with the men. What do you make of this whole Tessa Blanchard, Sammy Callahan thing? Can't hear you. Okay. Number one, Tessa Blanchard is not a racist. I've known her since she was a little girl. I know that the school that she trained with, the George South and Charlotte, were the toughest schools ever. Magnum and Tully both chose George out of all the wrestling schools because they know that George wouldn't sugarcoat anything, that George would teach her just like she was a man. <laughs> George was not going to be easy on her. In fact, George was probably tougher on her than anyone else. One of the uh, People that um, Tessa trained with while she was with George was Cedric Alexander, one of the NXT stars, one of the uh, WWE Law stars. Um, he and Tessa have been friends from the get-go. They trained together. Um, Cedric's uh, wife and Tessa, very good friends. You also have Tessa dating Ricochet for years. Mm -hmm. based with Diego. I've never seen Tessa act inappropriately. Tessa pushes herself above and beyond any of the other girls. Yes, there's a lot of jealousy there. 
Yes, there's a lot of cat calling. And, oh, well, she just thinks that she's too good for anybody. You know what? No one has put the time in the gym that Santa has. Look at that body that girl has got. She's one of the girls that actually goes out there to wrestle and not be interested in how much of my reindeer myself after the show. Right. Tessa is a professional, and because she holds herself up to a much higher standard than some of those other girls, then the other girls are jealous, and they're going to say stuff that is very inappropriate. <laughs> and yes, Tessa may be a bit, and yes, Tessa may be short with some of these girls, and yes, Tessa will rough up some of the girls because they deserve it. Because just like when my mother was wrestling, um, everybody's heard the story of the beast bag. You know, you're such a beast bag, the whole thing. You know yeah. how that New Hart back in the 50s hated girl wrestling. A lot of the girl wrestlers didn't know how to work. They were yeah. friends and girlfriends of the promoter. and mm -hmm. just, Yeah. They didn't know how to take bumps. They weren't like girl workers. Penny Banner and my mother were two of the only girls that Stu Hart left work out in the dungeon because they, they worked like the guys, they were tough, they knew how to take a bump. Girls that they didn't know how to take a bump, Stu Hart would call toothpicks because they flop around in the ring like a great toothpick. So that's how they came out about being a toothpick. The same thing with the girls today. There's a small amount of the girls that can actually work. And then there's True. a lot of girls just going to go in to be seen and wear pretty stuff. And they have no free psychology. Tessa, on the other hand, has pushed herself. Not only is she legacy, she also has to work harder than anybody else because her name is Jackie. And so mm -hmm. the fact that girls work actually doesn't know what they're talking about. And because it's a branch of the races, it, you do not know what the meaning of racist is. You're just heard somebody else say because you absolutely do not have a good well, your Have you seen that your daughter, Samantha Starr, um, as she is known in the business, have you seen that she has had to deal with anything negatively even on the independence on uh, you know because of whose daughter she is um i don't think it's because of whose daughter she is but because i don't think like Pam or myself had the star worthiness like magna metalli did um i think just knowing the business is because so many of us out there that that don't know how to act that are negative force in the business, uh, my daughter just holds herself up to a higher standard than everybody else. I mean, yeah. I, I, I know that the, the couple times that we brought her into VCW, your daughter has, uh, she has a very good work ethic in the back. She's a very pleasure to be around, pleasure in the locker room, and, you know, no attitude, no problem, you know, so. Um, and how you expect other people to treat you, that's how you yeah. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna real quick I'm gonna go back to something you said you went at, you went to Kansas City what led to you going to Kansas City? Uh, 
um, I just got married to Sam. Okay. Married July of 86. They had put me with Flair August of 86. Yep. And they were sending Sam to like Kansas City because they wanted a satellite promotion where they could send the guys and, and you know, that way he could pay off. <laughs> Still work. Uh, once a month, bringing in a big name, you know, kind of boost things up. It was just so poorly run. When you go to the show and there's posters in the concession, it should have been out of the line, uh, out putting in, in buildings or, or a hole. There's like six bigger cars in the concession for a quarter of the you know, Someone just didn't do their job. Yeah. Nicola, uh, my question for a simple question: Is it difficult to be married to to somebody in the business? Um, Did you find it, it hard on the on the marriage, or were there other things that contributed? Sam and I just we had a really really good time. Um, we had both making really good money. Um, I mean, I was, I had my really good spot. Sam was trying to earn his spot. We went to the gym every day. We had good money. We got to travel. Uh, the whole thing like with Kansas City was, I asked Esther to send me to Kansas City because I wanted to be with Sam. I mean, I just, I, I totally loved him and loved being around him. And whenever he went to work for WWF, I went to work for Piedmont Airlines so I could get the, to fly and go see them, which worked out really cool because every two weeks, wherever they were at for TV, I could just spend two or three days with them and fly out there. Right. Uh, so. No, 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 don't. Good, Jeff. You're fine. You're fine. Um, did you ever get contacted when Sam was there in the WWF? Did Vince ever contact you about or mention about trying to bring you in? No, because they had Elizabeth, and they had, like, the Glamour Girls, they brought in Robin. I did do a tryout one time. I didn't know it was a tryout. I had been working out at Nelson Royal, uh, Doc and Robin and myself. They spent the whole summer up there, just training in the, in the warehouse, in the, in the barn, and doing the bumps and learning stuff. And, um, I was talking with the fam at the time. And he was like, go get the and Lonnie wants to work out with you. She has heard that you've been working out at Nelson's. So I was like, oh, okay, so yeah, I'll go work out with Lonnie and with Patty. And so I got in there and took some bumps and just kind of partner up. I had no idea that WWE was actually like looking at me for a trial. It would have been nice if someone had told me, but they didn't. So. I would have been nice if they had, yeah. It was cool because Robin got her shot. And she did really, really well and had to run with Jerry. And there for a while, when you look at it, like a Grizz work, Jake work, uh, Sam was working, I was working, Robin, you like the whole family. Yeah. It was really cool situation. It was good. Yeah. Nicola, what, what led to the downfall? What led to the downfall of uh, uh, Jim Crockett? To me, it was um, marketing. They just uh, WWE took off with like the wrestling rings and the new action figures and just went a whole totally different direction. Whenever they came out with the wrestling ring, 
we all kind of laughed like, ah, ha, ha, like, you're not going to sell. And then they sold like a billion. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It was a marketing. They, they started out with the best of business and they brought in like the movie stars and the, and the recording. Yeah. Crockett still kept everything kind of closed off instead of making it super glamorous and financially. Was Dusty Rhodes, was, was Dusty ahead of his time or was he a mad genius? Or both. Or both, yeah. <laughs> it worked so many territories and had seen so much stuff work. And he had it in his mind these characters that he wanted to work with and to bring out and to bring to life. And thank goodness he just saw something in me that just inspired him. Yeah. Like with Baby Doll and Dusty Rhodes had their own little scenario going on. Baby Doll and Big Cornette had their own little scenario going on. Right. Baby Blanchard had their thing. You know, it was uh, Baby Doll Magnum had their, you know, it was just Baby Doll had her own little character going on. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, we were, Jeff and I were both given an insight on this. Um, we were told that Dusty used to see everything as kind of a movie. He had this movie, big picture feel. And he, he liked to present his wrestling with that sort of like you know, big flavor feel. Was, was, was the Crockett territory ready for that? That's why I asked you, was he ahead of his time? Absolutely. We, there for a while, for a long while, we had three teams going. You know, like there was like A, B, B, C, C, And yeah, A team was cool because you had Flair on there, but then you also were paying Flair the 40% whenever he was making off the house. And then it was, was oftentimes you'd be good on the B and C didn't have all that money going out for Flair. Um, like if you get DC like with uh, Magnum against Tully, you made a whole lot more money than if you want to call the Dusty and Flair. Uh -huh. Go ahead, Jeff. I, I, I got a, you. You had another infamous angle that a lot of us younger fans that or grew, that you know grew up and started watching there in '86 because it was so hot. We remember it. You and Jim Cornette. And, and and he hit you with the racket and brought me again, brought me to tears in a bad way because I was ready to go hurt some Jim Cornette now. <laughs> he told me on TV that Baby Doll was never going to be able to have kids ever again, ever in her life. She was never going to be able to have babies. And 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 my little nine year old self, I was convinced of it. So when uh, you came to the Norfolk Scope, I was ready to watch you give Jim Cornette, you know, his comeuppance. Now, question is. How bad did you really blast him? Because he says you potatoed the hell out of him. I think he's just a rough <laughs> What do you what say? Look at what I did. I think there's no question that I often do that. I did. <laughs> 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 the fan car, 
what I had to do and just be right and, and everything was so close. And you have to understand that I enjoy the business just as much as anybody. I get really excited. I don't know how to work in it, so, but it looks good. <laughs> it, 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 it popped me. <laughs> have you caught it on the network? Um, do you, if you have the WWE Network, they got from one of the bashes they actually have the whole bash 86 one of uh one of y'all your, your six man matches are up there yeah yeah that shot just recently made the twitter rounds now I, I now i gotta ask you one other infamous angle that you've been asked about through through the years and i know you have but i'm gonna ask you anyway what was in that envelope? Okay. I had asked Dusty this a long time ago. I was getting out of what's in the envelope. And so Dusty said, never tell them. Otherwise, if you tell them, they'll quit asking. Because if you never tell them, they'll always keep asking. So I can't tell. Oh, no. She's case faving even today. Thank you so much for actually uh, keeping that. Uh, well, I want to I want to tell people that if you're enjoying Baby Doll tonight, if you are truly enjoying the show, I want to tell everybody that this woman is one hell of a tough negotiator because getting her on the show tonight cost me a criminal background investigation. I had to be interrogated and waterboarded. I, I had to promise to buy her a franchise of Pizza Hut and Outback Steakhouse the, for the East Coast. Uh, no, actually, it just it, it cost me dinner. <laughs> I, I, I will say this too. Now, do you? I got to ask you. Um, do you watch the current day product? Yes, I, I try to as much as I can. Uh, my daughter and son-in-law just did a couple of shows with WWE, unlike the uh, um, Raw show and SmackDown. They were in Greensboro and Charlotte, I think, I can't remember. They did a couple of shows with them, so the WWE is in this area. I watch, you know, I watch. I also watch, um, well, really what's on, I've got a five-year-old grandson, and he really getting into wrestling now and he's always going WWE, WWE, so we watch wrestling as much as we can. What but, do you make of uh, the new product AEW? I've watched a little bit of it. Um, I, I like it that they've got Arn and Tully on there. Um, I really I'm watching because of them. I'll say this, you, you made a comment. On fight team or, or on the panel with um at Starcast, and I could oh, totally yeah. see you, I could totally see you doing the gimmick of being the older woman dating the younger guy, and you with MJF. That would be money, 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 big, big money, huge. I don't think I should do the manage my daughter and do the super Well, I tell you what, you know. But that's something to consider, Jeff. What's that? I didn't hear it. So managing her daughter. Mm. 
I would love to see that too. Uh, the I, mother would, I would love to see anything to get you back in, in you know, I, into the fold. I think that, on, honest to God, this isn't me just putting you over, but I think any promotion would be wise to bring you in. You have a wealth of knowledge that goes back from your childhood days of being with your parents through the years of with Dusty on up. And whether it was AEW, WWE, NXT, or even a newer promotion like, uh, you know, you got MLW that's on, you know, YouTube or BN, that network, or even the new NWA, any of them you could fit in at. Well, now, Jeff, let me, let me interject something. Yeah. Nicola, what do you think of the new NWA? They have a very... That's where I was going. Yeah, they have a very uh, authentic feel to the, to the old studio. I watched just a little bit of it. I watched more of the AW. I, I need to catch up on the NWA uh, power. Uh, I have not. I have to admit, I'm not as up to date on that as I should. Okay. Well, they had on there. They had CW Anderson. They got Caleb Conley, who I know you're familiar with. A couple of them. So. Um, and, and they're giving a lot of the, the indie talent a, a, a look that a lot of the promotions aren't necessarily willing to look at right now for whatever reason. So Yeah. Um, and CW's been on the show. And, in fact, you know, you mentioned, Nicola, you mentioned George South. Uh, we're going to have him on the show. We're trying. Yeah. That's going to be interesting to, to hear George because, you know, as you said, George doesn't hold back. Right. You know? Well, I got I to gotta ask you this, if you don't mind, actually, I'm going to go back really quick. You were dating Sam, you said. How hard was that when you were turned heel and, and the player and you're dating Sam Houston and to not be seen, you know what I mean, like by the, by the fans? Right. Well, whenever Sam and I first started going out, I was a heel with Tully. Okay. Yeah. And for several months, they didn't know about it. You just... You have to be a little clever about it. The worst thing is, is that the boys don't want to be fooled, and you have to fool them, so then they get mad at you. But yeah. that's another thing. But um, it's like with anything else. You one of you goes and checks in, and the other one calls and goes up to the room, and nobody knows, you know. So yeah, Nicola, I wanna. Did you get to the? I, door? I, I, I was going to say, I, I don't want to keep you too long. I know that you're under the weather, and God bless you for uh, for on. being with us tonight. But I would love to, to – I want to extend, and I want to do it right now on the air. I want to extend an invitation to you to come back yeah. and have a part two with us. And I would be honored if we could have you and your daughter on. Oh, that'd be awesome. I would love to do that. Right, she just moved right up to the next town. She's in Lenore, so that's a possibility. And and if, uh, and if I have to buy you a dinner for you and her, I'll do it. All right. And if I have to buy you your own Pizza Hut franchise, I'll come up well, with the money. <laughs> I, I actually took my husband, my daughter, and my son-in-law out to dinner with um, before, so that'll be cool. That'll be really good. Beautiful. I will take care of you, kiddo. Thank you. Listen, I'm going to let you go now. You can you can sign off. I want to thank you, the one and only baby doll, every man's perfect ten. Thank Nicola, you so much. Thank you for joining us. You are the best. I appreciate you. 
You bet. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Here, Nicola. And oh, she's still there. Nope. <laughs> I'm not. You're not there. Yeah, she's still there. Yeah, I'm still There's... here. Hold on. Yeah. No, it's okay. <laughs> I would. You would think if I shut it off, that would be it, and it's not. <laughs> there it is. She's gone. All right, Jeff. Just you and me, babe. Uh, well, I had no clue that, that she got dinner out of the, I didn't know that we were offering up dinner to our guests. I mean, if that's the case, then I could start throwing that around. Heck, I mean. Wait a minute. Al Forno. <laughs> Not too many people come up to Suffolk, Virginia. But uh, an Olive Garden is always doable. What's that? Yeah, Olive Garden, right? Yeah. Well, listen, that was, uh, that was really an amazing conversation. It really was. I, 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 unfortunately, her volume wasn't coming through all the time like I wish it had. But too, when I tell people, uh, she does have a really bad head cold, and she came here and she was she was sick. Yes. So, and I, you know, I, I do ask everyone's uh, indulgence for that, and you know. To, but to have, look, just to be able to have her for you know the act that we did. Yeah, yeah, she was I'm amazing. I, 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 I. First of all, thank you. I'm glad that you were able to get that. Um, I, I didn't. You know what I mean? Your childhood dreams come true. Uh, well, it, it really, it kind of was. I mean, able to actually, you know, just fire get get the questions that I ask her and able to ask her. I've heard her answer some of them myself. Um, but. You know, you always got new people out there. And like I said, it says, it, honestly, it does say a lot about her as a character. Yes. Baseball character is still remembered 40 years later. You still have, you have people that are newbies in the business at, at only 20-something years old who, who will go back and remember her from back in their day, you know, from watching the videos from of her. And what's even crazier is when you think about it, she only had about a three-year run, maybe four. Yeah, I know. So a lot of people that have the shortest runs leave the most lasting memory with a lot of people. I mean, Madam T.A. Oh, absolutely. You know, that was one I was wanting to ask her about was when Magnum had his accident, was she there and how did it affect how did she see the effect of the business? You know what I mean? And, and you know what, Jeff? And that's why I invited her back for a part two. I mean, we barely scratched the surface, really. Yeah, I mean, I would love to have, you know, her daughter coming on would be awesome because her daughter is, she is in that unique position of being a, as she said about her daughter, unfortunately, her daughter does not have the last name of a Blanchard or a Flair behind her. Right. And... You know, truth be told, unless she is to tell you my mom is babied at all and my dad is Sam Houston, you would have no clue. Um, because she just did not get that internet buzz that the other ones did when they came into the business. And, yeah. that's, and that's no fault of Samantha's. That's really not. And it's no fault of baby doll, no fault of Sam's. Um, I mean, to me personally, I would have taken it and ran with it and been like, my aunt was Rockin' Robin, my uncle's Jake the Snake, my yeah. granddaddy was Grizzly Smith. Right. And, 
And to her credit, though, she didn't. She's doing it all kind of on her own. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, but Baby Doll, she's, she is a tremendous wealth of knowledge. And I meant what I said about anybody would be wise to pick her up. Even if they're an indie promotion that is down there in Carolina, maybe trying to get, you know, your, your wheels under you or, you know, whatever. If you were to bring her in on a monthly basis, using her for one and maybe even helping consult in the back, it would yeah. be, she would just, she could really help out, I think, anybody and her husband as well. Yeah. And think about something, Jeff. And we both know this. It's, it's, it's true. Every time... A federation, I don't care if it's WWE or AEW, whomever it is, every time they bring back a star from yesterday, the numbers pop. Yep. Could you imagine bringing Baby Doll back? I, If I were AEW, I would bring her in tomorrow. Yes. If, if for no other reason than the fact that Arn and Tully are there. If you're willing to give other legends that rub and that last little run to see what, or to give them their glamour years one more time, whatever you want to call it. And Cody tends to look out for his dad's friends. Yeah, yeah. I would, I think Cody would be wise to reach out to her and say, hey, here's an idea for you. Yeah, and, you know, you could bring her in. I mean, heck, you could bring her in as the older woman dating the younger or the younger guys interested in the older woman. And then her daughter could come along and go, hold up, mom. Why are you stealing my man? Not even to have them feud. The two of them turn on him for going after the, you know, what? They're yeah, I want to let me let me just share this with you, Jeff. She's texting me now. She said, sorry, I, I tried so hard not to cough. Oh, <laughs> I, mean, I, I was going to tell her, get whatever you're drinking and drink your hot toddy. It's okay. Right, exactly. Yeah, this is what she's worried about, that she coughed. But trust me, you, the last thing, I have no concern about you coughing. It was a great interview. You know, that is... And I, she said, she said, let me... Let me know when you want to do part two. Awesome. awesome. Okay, I'm going to show you right there. I, I, that's awesome. There you go. Right yep. there. Yep. Yep. Got it. I'm sorry, everybody at, at home. You just saw my uh, my cell phone. <laughs> she's, she's an amazing woman. Well, you know what? Here's the deal. I oh, think yeah. Awesome. Awesome performer. Everybody, everybody who follows us, I think you're going to learn one thing about us is we really have no, we, we don't have any restrictions on us. We really don't care which way anything goes or how it goes. And we just kind of well, add. Well, it's like you and I always say, Jeff, we call it in the ring. You know what? And we go, we go with the flow. So if you don't like it, don't watch us. If you don't like what you hear, don't listen to us. But you know what? Go ahead and bang that five-star like button anyway, because it puts us over. Right. <laughs> well, my friend, um, We've come to uh, the end of another show. Yes, sir. Um, and, uh, I'm hoping, so uh, real, real quick, I'm hoping oh, sure. maybe, maybe, maybe this Sunday, I may have a predictions video for you to put up, possibly. Okay. I don't know. I'm just letting our, 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 our listeners know. 
there may be a little little something there as a bonus okay. bonus, bonus content All right. and so tell everybody what's this sunday this sunday is the royal rumble for wwe i will be watching it along with everyone who claims that they're not going to watch it you know you are anyway so don't even lie um because it's, I mean, you know, we've all, most of us have been watching it since 1988, and we're going to watch it again in 2019. Absolutely. And, um, I mean, we, we enjoy the surprises. We enjoy the battle royal. We enjoy every bit of it. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't care if you are Evan, who doesn't like the current product. He's going to be watching yeah. it. Oh, Mikey, sure. Mikey Messier, he's going to be watching it, too. Absolutely, because he needs something to complain about. The only two I really don't care if they listen or not is Monty and the Pharaoh, and they could just go, you know, go jump in a lake for all I care. Well, but two buddies up in New York? Yeah, I mean, it, what, do they know, what do they know about the Royal Rumble anyway? Let's be honest, Jeff. What do they know about wrestling? I mean, come on. I mean, Monty and the Pharaoh. Oh, we're two boys from New York. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, I got a real Jersey boy here, okay? <laughs> I got a Giuseppe-o. Anyway, no, much love to Monty and the Pharaoh, honestly. Much love to you guys. Yeah, we love you guys. <laughs> Pharaoh and Mike Monty, you're yeah. our friends. You're our buddies. We love you. <laughs> all in good fun. We love the rib. We love the cheese. It's all yes, good. Sir. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll plug so, it really quick. Vanguard, let's give uh, let's give yeah. our housekeeping plugs. Um, yeah, uh, we've got Vanguard Championship Wrestling VCW February first. We are getting down to the nitty gritty. It's coming up. Um, we're gonna have bad, badass Billy Gunn coming in. AEW's Billy Gunn, Gangrel, um, who has a very actually uh, training school down in Florida. Um, and and Gangrel will be with us. Um, yeah, yep, and um. And he and Brandon Scott, they're going to be and Brandon Scott and Ken Dixon, Fatal Four Away to decide who faces Gino in March. I'm trying. Uh, I'll tell you what, Gino is busier than than anything right now. Um, but just uh, signed MLW. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He is. He's working for MLW, and he is part of the uh, heel heel group with uh, MJF and um, the the Dynasty, as they're calling themselves. So, yes. Um, you know, anyway, so you get VCW February 1st, Masonic Temple in Norfolk on Granby Street, meet and greet ahead of time. And then uh, that's going to set up for our show in March at the Hampton High School where we will be doing um, a fundraiser. And that is, you can find out all your information at Vanguard, uh, Facebook Vanguard Championship Wrestling or VCW Wrestling.com. Go ahead, get there, order your tickets. If I'm not mistaken, we may be sold out of ringside or very close to being sold out of our ringside seats right now. So, right. Um, highly advisable. Go ahead, buy your tickets, buy them now before it's too late. Because that night, on February 1st, we we're liable to be sold out. So, get your tickets while you can. Shout out to our sponsor, Al Forno Pizza, an Italian restaurant, 1535 Holland Road, Suffolk, Virginia. 757-925-2829. Yes. And our friend Lunzio. He is the owner, his wife, his family all work there. They'll greet you. They'll treat you. Uh, uh, fresh homemade Italian food anywhere in yes. the in the Commonwealth of Virginia. 
Got to go see Nunzio and family at Alforno Restaurant in Pizzeria. Again, 757-925-2829. Tell them the psychic and the ref sent you. And uh, Jeff, you'll be there every uh, every Friday like clockwork because that's your spot. Yes, it is. What's on the menu this week, brother? Oh, Tease me. Oh, Give me something to, to water my mouth with. The homemade stuffed tortellini with cheese and Alfredo sauce and shrimp. Oh, you're killing me, brother. Amazing. Amazing. That, oh. that, dish, that dish put me in a food coma the other night when we had Scott <laughs> Casey. I mean, whew. Yeah, I know we yeah. had to cut the show short. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it was, wow. But, uh, yes, definitely go yeah. check out Al Forno's right there in Southern Virginia. And, uh... Again, uh, uh, Dog Championship Wrestling, their next show, February 29th in Little Lake Harbor Township, New Jersey. Go to dogprowrestling.com for all the details. And speaking of dog, this week on the podcast, we will have not one but two guests. They form the old school empire. It's Big Vinny the Fixer and Patch. The old school empire from Dog Championship Wrestling talking old school tag team wrestling with us. That's going to be fun. And I know you're looking forward to meeting the old school empire, Jeff. Yes, sir. So now, if there's nothing else. Oh, I guess there is something else. We just picked up another station. Yeah. Pod Bay. Pod Bay FM. That is And iHeartRadio. Are now on the roster of Wrestling with the Future. That's awesome. So you can reach us now, ladies and gentlemen, on Pod Bay, iHeartRadio, Pod Bean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Yahoo, Google, uh, YouTube, and don't forget our YouTube channel, Wrestling with the Future. You can catch us on Facebook.com forward slash Wrestling with the Future. Email Jeff the Ref at Wrestling with the Future at Yahoo.com. He'll answer your questions and comments. Yep. Uh, I was going to tell him where they can find us on Twitter. Yeah, and at Wrestling Future on Twitter. Or you can find me up there. I'm at Jeff Rod 41977. I'll be more than happy to give you a follow back and, um, you know, talk to you if you got any questions for us, any, you know, any suggestions, upcoming guests that want to come on our show, feel free to come in, say hi to me on my DMs. I'll be more than happy to talk to you. I want to announce tonight that we have a special show coming up. I want everybody to mark the date. February 13th is a special ref show, wrestling refs. Yes, yeah. just pop Jeff the ref. We're going to have Fred Richards from the NWA. Awesome. We'll have Jeff the Ref Robinson, of course. I got to tie in with Fred Richards, actually. Do you want me to tell the story now or wait to tell it on the air? No, no, no. Wait till Fred comes on the show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to have a, a we're going to call it the Ref Roundtable. So that's February 13th. It's, it's an inside look at wrestling from the referee perspective. I, I, I think that a lot of fans, I, I mean, seriously, this isn't me just putting referees over because that's what I got started doing. But I think a lot of fans don't realize 
how much it does take to be a referee to be seen by the fans and not seen at the same time and absolutely sure what all is involved in being a referee because you're basically playing production and director and a lot of people don't realize that so yeah exactly um, uh you know i'm looking forward to that show i really really am um we're gonna have we we, we are gonna be having a lot of fun our fans yeah. are gonna be enjoying it uh I'm enjoying this every time. Every show that we're doing is getting more and more, you know, better. And and uh, I think that we're having we're, we're getting more and more listeners. And oh, yeah, big time. You know, uh, I, you know, like I could not think our guests that we've had this week already from Jimmy Valiant, Boogie Woogie Man, Jimmy Valiant, Cowboy Scott Casey. And the perfect. Yeah, will, I'll tell you what, we had a hell of a week this week, brother. We really have, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna continue on that that train next week and rolling. So, absolutely. So, this concludes another episode of Wrestling with the Future. On behalf of the Guru Jeff, the Ref Robinson, I'm Psychic Medium Angelo. Happy wrestling, everybody. Goodbye, Goodbye everyone.